Howdy and welcome to the Laptop Empires podcast. We've got a great show for you today. Bobby's here with me as always, but we've also got our friend Belinda Rosenblum here from ownyourmoney.com. And, you know, we just kind of met Belinda because her and Bobby did this badass panel. Can you say that on a, I guess it's radio and podcast. Have different you have used worse words, Bobby. Okay. That's, I don't know why, I don't know why that popped in my mind, but uh, they did this panel at FinCon. It was, you know, I've now been to two events when I've gone to FinCon. I never go to the speaking stuff, uh, but that was one. That was the first one I went to. Great panel on building courses and stuff. But we wanted to get Belinda to come on and talk about what we believe is one of the most important topics. I'm not just saying that as like a podcast intro. Like this is real. Like we believe this is a super important topic. So today we're going to talk about how to know and track your most important business numbers. And here's the kicker in 10 minutes per month. I love that. Like that makes yeah. the headline that makes this juicy, but you know, Bobby and I've talked on here before about like knowing your numbers and how important that is. And I know just for me personally, recently, since my wife and I are trying to like build a house and we bought property and stuff, every time I look at my numbers, I feel better. But when I don't look at my numbers and I'm not tracking them as well as I should be, I go into panic mode. Right. And I'm like, Bobby, we got to sell something, you know, like, <laughs> so I think this is really important for your mental health. I'm really excited to have Belinda on here today. And, uh, you know, we'll go ahead and let you take it away and, and kick us into this thing. I'm, I'm real excited. Awesome. So it's tricky when you have two people on and you say, go into it. Sorry. <laughs> is, I'm, hey, I never said I was a great host. I just, <laughs> yes. Linda, it is your turn. Okay. There we go. I got go it. Ahead. I'll start oh, doing actually, that. Bobby, you're up. Belinda, yeah. you're up. <laughs> Actually, I'd just like to know, could you, I mean, you, can you tell us a little bit about your background? Because I think, I don't know, CPAs are some of my favorite people ever, which is kind of a weird thing because usually most people wouldn't want to talk to their CPA, but I, my CPA has saved my life like a million times. So can you talk a little bit about your background and just how you got into doing all of this and how you started helping people figure out their numbers? Okay, cool. So all fun. And you know, it's so, it's so fun to get to connect with you guys like this because as a listener to your podcast, you know, it's like, I'm really here and I'm like engaging with you and I'm not just on one end of it. That's really fun for me. And so um, thank you for asking, you know, it's been quite a journey. I think that sometimes we look at people's uh, front stage and we think that that's the whole story. And right. there's really a whole backstage, right? It's taken a lot for me to get to this point. And I had quite a corporate accounting and finance career. That's when I originally became a CPA. I turned in my pocket protector and became an entrepreneur <laughs> um, back in 2007. And that's its whole, own whole story. I like basically lived, eat, pray, love for a year and a half to figure out what the heck I was going to do with my life. Traveled nice. to India and Costa Rica and volunteered oh, wow. for the 
this Spanish immersion team program. Yeah, the stuff you don't get to when you're on a panel for half an hour together. And yeah, I, um, I had no but, idea. <laughs> yeah, but it, but some really exciting soul searching stuff because I was at the point in my corporate career, and some of you may still be in your job, just feeling like you're checking your personality at the door, and that's what it got to be like. And it was so tough to just show up there every day. And then I had this opportunity to figure out what the heck I was going to do with my life. And so I took that year and a half and then I founded Own Your Money back in 2007. And if you can think about what was going on in our economy back then, like everybody was riding high. And so when I was starting a business to help people to own their money, right? To understand their finances better so that they could make more, they could save more, they could stop stressing about their money all the time. People were very skeptical. So for those listening, right. if you feel like your family and friends just don't get what you do, but you are passionate about it, like you can make this work. This is several million dollars later, right? I have shown them that this is possible. This is a viable business. And, mm -hmm. But then when it, in 2008, when everything started to come crashing down, I became a very popular person. I was literally like on the five o'clock news here in the Boston area the day of the federal bailout because wow. I was the one that was saying, we need to pay attention to our money. We can't just expect it to be there for us if we're not giving it some love, if we're not understanding where it's going. And so then I started it and I've been more on the personal finance side now for about 10 years. But if you think about the rule of 80-20, 80% of what we were doing forward facing was personal finance, but 20% on the back end was supporting entrepreneurs. And that was a lot of my private coaching work and helping entrepreneurs do things like go from freelancer making $190,000 in revenue to $3.4 million, like that kind of thing in the background right. and really growing leaders. And so what was happening on the front is that my personal finance people were actually 60% entrepreneurs and they were like, but what do we do with our business money? It's confusing. We just don't get it. Now we know what to do with what we take home, but how do we take home more? And so then in the last year, I've really shifted to be able to help entrepreneurs to manage and maximize their money so that they can understand that the fastest way for them to take home more is actually to manage the money that they're making to be able to then use that as a foundation and then grow and scale from there. And I've been, so now I've been running this business for over 12 years. I lead it with my husband, Mark Rosenblum. And so he's quote retired, but you know, we're working harder <laughs> than we worked in corporate because we care a lot more about it. <laughs> um, and he's in the, yeah. been in the business now for two years. And um, we literally get to help thousands of people with their personal money and their business money um, and really helping them take it to the next level. So one of the things that I realized when I started my business, cause I was a band director. I didn't, I mean, when I started my blog, I didn't know anything about, I didn't know anything about personal finance, but I definitely didn't know anything about how businesses worked. And, you know, we're going to talk about the, how people can actually track uh, their, their expenses and what, what numbers to look at and all of that. But I'm curious, what do you see are the, what are the biggest mistakes that you see entrepreneurs make when, once they start to make like a couple thousand dollars a month or three or four or $5,000 a month? Because I think the outside perception is once you start making some consistent revenue in business, it's like, everything's cool. It's all, all good. And you're like, you're making it. But I'm, I'm curious what you see as a problem or what people like to comment pitfalls that people kind of run into when they get to that point where there's consistent revenue coming in. Right. Well, so the first thing that you mentioned is to make sure that it's actually consistent because I think sometimes people have like a great month and then they think, great, I'll just go spend it all. Right. So, right. so consistency is, is a really important point. And I love that you help people with that, like that you both are focused on that and bring attention to that is really important. So I think that's just one 
a piece of that. I think the second one is that people are only focused on revenue and they don't actually take the time to plan for profit, to think through the whole equation, right? The revenue, the expenses, and then making sure that they have some profit. And then the next piece of that is where is the profit going? Okay. So that they can stop for a moment and that they can say, wait a second, it's not just take home. I can spend it all because I think that is a very common mistake. And you'll see in um, what I'm, I'm offering for all of your folks for free is this cash flow CEO dashboard. And you'll see there's a place in there that specifically breaks out where the profit is going to go, right? So we want to take some profit off the top, the kind of core foundation of the profit first kind of an idea, which honestly we've been doing in the personal finance space forever, right? With the pay right. yourself first kind of thing. And taking the time to say, I need to set money aside for taxes. That is a huge yeah. part of the mistake that I think the people don't do. And then they get shocked when they get a tax bill at the end of the year. Well, you know, what can you count on? You'll die and you'll pay taxes. Like the IRS is not forgiving. <laughs> and so, um, so that's absolutely a piece of that mistake. You know, it's like, they're not consistent. They're not tracking. They're only focused on revenue and they're not setting aside money for things like taxes is hugely important. They don't understand what they need from a personal standpoint. So oftentimes people pull out too much money too soon yeah. from their business and then they land themselves in what feels like business debt. It's not actually business debt. Your business likely made enough money to cover those expenses. It's just that you pull too much out for your personal, like for your household. And then all of a sudden your business can't pay its own expenses. Right. So that's another challenge that people um, don't do right. And then I also, the last piece of that is I want people to start to set aside a bit of a reserve account because mm -hmm. sometimes people delay, you know, like your customers don't pay on time, newsflash all the time. And so you want to still be able right. to pay your bills, right? You still want to be able to do that. And sometimes you feel like you can't do that when you're so tight, when you're living the paycheck to paycheck version of business. I call it bank balance decision-making, right? Where it's like you're deciding what can I buy or what can I do in my business based on how much money I have in my bank account in that moment. That is not yeah. the best way to be making decisions in your business. I'm so glad you brought up the tax thing because mm -hmm. I like if that question had been asked to me, that would have been the one thing I would have mentioned. And, and I think it's also, it's not just setting aside money for taxes. It's setting aside enough money for taxes because so few people realize that when you're paying your, your income that's coming in as like a freelancer, like you're paying more in taxes than you do on your regular paycheck because there's two sides to taxes, right? There's the employer side and the employee side. And when you're self-employed, you pay both. And so I know like a, just a very general guideline that I have always followed my wife and I is we take, we've taken like 35% of our earnings and we just stuff it in our tax account. Like, and we put that money there and that's always been more than we need, you know? And so then at the end of the year, it's a positive experience where we're, Oh, there's leftover money. Let's transfer it into our account. We always call it our bonus, right? Mm -hmm. Instead of this like negative experience where you've maybe you did set aside money, but then it's more than you expected and you're having to pay that. And taxes are so stressful. So I'm so glad you mentioned that because I think that's a big one. And I wanted to reemphasize that because I think it's the thing that scares me the most teaching entrepreneurs is that they're making money and then they get themselves in a bad tax situation because they're not thinking about that. And, you know, mm -hmm. I just feel like us as educators, 
showing people how to make money online. Like I've, you know, I want to make sure people are paying attention to that because I, I, I would feel awful if one of our students got in that situation. I really would. Like I, I would just feel awful about it. So, right. And then what happens is that then people don't make great decisions from there. Like mm-hmm. then they launch a program that they weren't planning on launching or they have to do some like quick, right. quick thing. So first I'll often go to some kind of scarcity thinking like, oh my gosh, can I really make this business work? What am I going to do? How am I going to pay the $5,000? And it takes you into a downward spiral really fast. And then sometimes people just make decisions that aren't really the best. One point I want to highlight that you mentioned too, is that I absolutely suggest a separate tax account. Mm -hmm. So don't just keep everything in one big (laughs) business bank account right? Because then it just looks like you are, it's there to spend. So I absolutely suggest setting aside a separate tax account and then starting to do estimated taxes every quarter. Yeah. And that's also not something that is intuitive when you start a business because usually you're just getting deductions from your paycheck. So you don't ever think about that. But that is also something that's really important that when you have a separate tax account, you have the money there to transfer for the estimated taxes. And it doesn't have to be so confusing, right? And stressful yeah, right. when that comes up. I like your Ooh. positive experience as yeah. well. much, yeah. much yeah, better. And oh crap, where is that $5,000 coming from? I don't ever think of it as a positive experience. <laughs> Mike and I have this conversation all the time. I hate, I hate paying tax just because it's just, I'm like, ah, oh, really? We just did quarterlies like a couple of days ago. Right. And yeah. It's just for me, it's always a non-positive experience because I just dislike it. But I remember that was for me as the business started growing, that was one of the most surprising things. I think the first like big, you know, over five figure tax payment that I had to make, I was just like, oh my God, are you serious? This is something I actually have to do. And then the quarterly started coming and then the numbers, you know, fortunately it's cool when your business grows, but it's also, you start getting hit with a lot of these, these little, you know, dings here and there. And then also the big quarterlies and all that stuff. And I think what you're talking about is really important of just being able to track that and making sure that you're setting it aside and all that. I'm just, I don't know. I talk to my, my CPA way, way too much, but it's because I'm terrified of taxes and I'm terrified of the IRS in a lot of right. ways. So I've, just, I've been audited twice, Bobby. So oh, geez. That I've was, been through it. That. Yeah. And in, so. in my first three years of business, which was so ironic because we grew quite fast and we were like $60,000, then like $155,000 and $255,000 in revenue. And what was so ironic is that they audited revenue. And I was like, why would I lie that I was growing that fast? Like who does right. that? You know, cause I, I used to be an auditor back in the day. And so I'm oh, like no. your risk, not for the IRS, like for big companies, oh. like when they have to file <laughs> with the SEC and stuff like that. That's what like, I used to do. Why would you do that to people? <laughs> right. I know. Believe me, when I started this business, I was like, I want something that people will be happy to say they work with me, not something right. where they're like, oh my God, the auditor's in my office, right? <laughs> and they're like hiding from me. Uh, no, that was important to me as a, as a coach and a money strategist that I could do that for people. But, and I'll share this as a, this is kind of like hashtag real life. So my second year of business, I, um, I guess my my yeah, second full year, my third year of business, I grossed $155,000 and I netted three. Oh, wow. And that was when I had my, oh crap, wake up call that I was like, it's not just revenue because I was so focused on growth and, Mm -hmm. you know, let me keep creating programs. Let me keep selling them. And then I just had team. This is another mistake actually that people make that I just had team and I was focused on them 
doing everything else for me without really being focused on was I getting the best return on investment? Were they being right. the most efficient? Did I have the systems in place? I was just getting the things done and I was just so focused on revenue and so focused on everyone else doing the other things that literally one team member made 60 grand. I didn't make 60 grand, but one right. team member made 60 grand. Like that's craziness. Right. And in that, you know, after I, I closed my books, I didn't actually pay a lot of taxes because I didn't make a lot of money that year. I was like, something has to change. And then the next year I grossed 255 in revenue, $255,000. And I netted $96,000 because I said, I'm not doing this again. Like I am right. not signing up to have the hard, a harder job than I did when I worked in corporate, you know, working more hours to feel like I'm taking home nothing. And so I changed what I was paying that person. I made it more efficient. I hired somebody different who could be a coach who I could leverage her time so I could bill out her time instead of just having it be a cost to me. And mm. I, I would just like made a decision. I made a commitment in that moment. This is not a hobby. Like I'm going to make this not just be a solopreneur, but be a real business. And now I teach, how do you move from solopreneur to CEO? Like, but part of that is that commitment that I actually run a business and you step into that place that you own your CEO role, so to speak. No one's going to come in and save you. No one's going to come in and figure it out. It's up to you. You're not a victim. Like, let's just teach you. Yeah, so okay. I love go box over. <laughs> no, I love that because I'm it's important and and you've listened to the show so you know like we're we're like hey look, we screwed up. Look what we did, you know? Like we're real open about that kind of stuff. So I really like that. But I think it's a good transition talking about the dashboard too because if you want to be effective as a business owner, you might have investment periods, like you might have periods in your business where you go, I'm going to take home less money for the future because I'm going to put this money in knowing it's going to pay off, but right now I'm going to make less. And I think that that's an important aspect. It's an important phase in the growth of a business. But in the general day-to-day, -day, you need to plan for profit. And I, you started to touch on this, and I know this is kind of where we're going, but like you have to be very intentional about profit. You need to, yes, you need to invest in your business. I love outsourcing things. I'm a big fan of that if you do it right. But if you aren't, you know, being intentional with your money and what you're doing with it, you won't know what happened to it. You won't know what you spend it on. You won't know where it's going or you won't, you know, get enough back. And I think it's not, it's, can you, you know, support your family, like putting, getting enough to pay for your living expenses, but also having enough for the things that you got into this for. So you can go on a trip or you can, you know, allow whatever, you know, like there's different things that you want that you create a business for um, that you want to be able to earn more. And so like, you've got to plan for those things. So I think it's a good transition because I don't think people do plan for it. And that is one of the things that your dashboard, I have it right here on the screen. I'm like pointing at it and looking at it, but nobody can see that. So why don't we transition to that a little bit and kind of how does this work? What are the important things? How this whole idea of doing this in 10 minutes sounds like the best thing in the world to me. So I'm, I'm really anxious to learn more. Yes. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you for all that. So uh, yeah, I mean, you know, you touched on a really important point there too, that a lot of people just wonder where is it all going? Like a lot of business owners are like, well, I made the money, but then I'm looking at my bank account. I don't really understand. And where did it all go? And so what this is really doing is this, this dashboard is almost like a scorecard. Like I'm a very visual person. And so I like to see 
like Ooh, what like actually that. happened, you know, Still and like, how do I be proactive about it? Yeah. Um, instead of that reactive wondering and confusion and feeling like, okay, now I feel more trapped instead of having the freedom that I actually wanted this for in the first place. And so, yeah, so we put uh, yours for our listeners here at ownyourmoney.com forward slash laptop so that you can get your own and I'll kind of walk you through it. So the first piece of it is revenue and it's looking at what is your total revenue. And then not just the total though, it's also looking at your revenue streams because I think that a lot of times people just lump it all together and it's kind of like that rule of 80-20, like it's oftentimes 20% of what you're doing is yielding 80% of your results. Yeah, I have it right in front of me too. (laughs) Yeah, I just I just went to share my screen so I could see it and see all. Um. That's awesome. So sorry for those of you who are listening, you don't get to see it with us. But if you go and you get it, then you will be able to see it too. So there's a few stages. You'll notice there's a few tabs on the document itself. So first, I just start you out with, okay, where are you? Like, what's your actual and then what's your plan? And the plan is really important. We'll get to that in just a minute. But so if we start with what are the main categories you're looking at, it's revenue. And then what are those top revenue streams for you? So that you can actually see, oh my gosh, look at that. Most of my revenue is coming from here or most of it's coming from here. And what's so interesting is when you stop for a minute and you do this exercise, you'll often start to notice that sometimes the things that are the highest money makers for you don't actually take the majority of your time. So part of what I'm doing is raising your awareness to what is really happening in your numbers so that it doesn't have to feel like this big mystery so much of the time. I mean, there are a lot of people out there, especially as they're growing, you know, from that you know, uh, starting out 2000 a month, 3000 a month, 5000 a month, and they don't know their numbers until their accountant tells it to them at the end of the month or at the end of the year. Worst right. case, right? And so I want you to be closer to the numbers so that you can then start to make better decisions based on that. So first thing is revenue and then really looking at it by revenue stream. And I've even highlighted it in, in green, like the, the top line. So you can be like, okay, at a minimum, I want you to know your total revenue. Then I want you to be looking at your expenses, but then being specific in the, it's, it's the same 80-20 idea because it's usually three to five specific expenses that are driving 80% of where all of your money is going, right? And usually also driving the 80% of the variability in your expenses as well. So it's often things like staffing and marketing are probably two of your top expenses that I actually want you pulling out so that you are focused on that money and really making sure that you're getting a great return on investment for those two items in particular. And then also making sure you're breaking out some of the other significant unusual expenses like launching or coaching or just staying top of mind to those and knowing what, you know, what your total is there. And then what's, what, is the remainder then is profit, but I don't just want you to like lump all of profit together. I actually want you to consciously break out where is my profit going. And so this is where you'll see, I want you to have an estimate that you're transferring into a separate tax account. Like that literally says that right on the dashboard. And I even give you, if you're in the United States, the dates that you need to be filing your quarterly estimated taxes. So no longer can you be like, oh, I didn't know. (laughs) You know, now like, you know, right? We're putting it out here for you so that you're transferring the money into a separate tax account. And you are paying taxes 
on the net of the revenue less the operating expenses. Sometimes I think that there's some confusion of like, well, do, can I take out what I'm paying myself or can I take out the profit or can I, you know, what if I don't pull it out of the business? What if I leave the money sitting in my business account? Yes, you're still paying taxes on that. Right. So that's an important piece. That's why I include that next. And then looking at what's your owner's compensation? Like what are you actually paying yourself so that you're separately identifying that? And what's the profit that you have? And then being willing to look, okay, this is my, my total, uh, quote, accounting profit. Like, and this is how I'm allocating it. And then at the bottom, uh, then you're looking at, okay, then what is my bank balance? I will tell you that most people only look at that one number. So when you get the dashboard, you'll be like, oh, I should be paying attention to all these other numbers, right? In my 10 minutes, most people only look at that one number. What's my cash balance at the end of the month? And they're trying to make all of their decisions based on that. The other thing is that I do want you to start to set up a reserve account. So you'll fill that into here so that you're measuring what is your reserve account that you're starting to boost up. And then accounts receivable. That's also an important one. So most of you will be cash basis. So what that means is that you're recording revenue, you're recording expenses as you're paying them or as your credit card is paying them. Um, and so when you have something where people owe you money, I want you to absolutely keep that top of mind. A lot of times when people enter like our cash flow CEO program, or even when people enter into any kind of live coaching with me and I touch on this, they're like, oh yeah, so-and-so still owes me money from three months ago or six months ago. And oftentimes people hold on to some shame in asking people for money that is owed to you. This is your wake-up call that you do not need to feel bad. You yeah, that's not me. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't feel like it necessarily is Mike or Bobby because you're probably collecting your money up front if I know you guys. Yeah, but, um, exactly. right? but I'm not like, afraid to go get it, you know, when yeah. something like it's messed up because I have billing errors all the time and all, you know, yeah. but no, I do, I'm, I was I'm, pointing this out because it is, a, it's scary. When I was, when I first started, I was scared to do that. I, I felt like it was like an inconvenience and if a check was late and then as you get, I feel like as you get further along in business, you just don't have time to deal with that crap anymore. So you're like, okay, you need to pay cause it's, you know, net 30 and it's, we're on 45 now. Um, <laughs> you know, but that's, that's one of those things that I think kind of goes along with, with being in business longer, I think. Yeah, I, I think some of that, right, is your comfort level with doing those follow-up calls. But the key thing is that you're not coming from a place where you are like, dragging your tail between your legs. Like you didn't do anything right, wrong. Right. You know, it's yeah. kind of like when people do follow up, I absolutely like if you go to a networking event or a conference, I absolutely recommend follow up, but you're not a nag if you're doing follow up. Like right. you're actually doing what you need to do as the CEO of your business. And you're coming right. from a very respectful place. Sometimes you do have to work out payment plans with them. And I want to make sure that you're keeping a top of mind, that you're keeping that accounts receivable as close to zero as possible. I agree with what you said in terms of I'm at the point now where it's money up front. Right. You know? And yeah. so sometimes people will be in programs and so I can project, you know, okay, they're going to pay over three months or something like that. But that's different. Like when I'm working with you privately or consulting, it's always the money up front and it's okay to ask for that. Like it's absolutely reasonable for you to be asking for the money for the work that you're going to be doing. And so I just want to keep that top of mind too. So that's, so that's also included on here. And now what happens is I want you to be looking at, okay, what happened last month? What's happening in year to date? So for the whole year, but then also I've included additional sheets for you to pay attention to creating a plan. And, you know, we touched on briefly like plan for profit. And 
I want you to have a plan, not just feeling like every month is what am I going to do and where is my money going to come from? So what I encourage in my cash flow CEO program is for us to build you out a revenue and an expense plan so that every month you know how did I do against my last month? What do I want to be doing next month and what's on track for the year? Right. And then, and I've done all the math for you. I feel like sometimes people get, get concerned with, oh, I'm not good at math or I'm not good at spreadsheets. Like spreadsheets right. may be one of my love languages. I will come clean. <laughs> not me. See, we just went from like, yeah, once again, not me. Yeah. <laughs> I could not. Mike is raising his hand, folks. Yes. My, um, Mike my, has an affinity for spreadsheets as I do. Tech inaptitude is well documented. Uh, <laughs> right. Yeah, so, so there you go. But so I've, I've done the math for you. So you just fill it in and then it's like magic. It will just calculate for you so that you can really start to see, okay, how did I do against my plan? How will I be doing? And then there's even one last sheet in there that compares actual to plan to contracted. And that's also something that people don't think about, but that I have our cash flow CEO students think about is, okay, what have I contracted so that I can know that I'm not just planning for the money to come in, it's actually on track to come in. And that's especially relevant if you're doing like a, like our program, let's say has a three payment plan, or if you're, you know, you all have a great membership, right? So you have that as your plan. And then to some extent, you can have that as contracted. What I will say is that, and you know, inside as a bonus for the program, I do a whole retention module because that absolutely affects mm -hmm. the money that's going to be coming in because not everybody stays. So you can't actually expect a hundred percent of the people in your membership programs to stay. But the key thing is that you're aware of this, right? That you're keeping on track with what is my plan? What is my contracted? And what else do I need to go and close for business to make the plan and, you know, make what I'm, what I want to have happen. And so um, the way that that last spreadsheet works is it says, okay, let's say my plan is $10,000 for the month. And then I've already contracted six. So it highlights, okay, I have to make sure that I'm working on closing that additional $4,000 of revenue. Right. So it's just bringing some of the most important numbers top of mind. And if you have the supporting spreadsheets, what it does is it puts it all in a really nice color coded visual for you to really see what's happening. Now I've got a question for you. When, when you talk about the, uh, the reserve bank balance or the reserve account, is that, are you treating that as like an emergency fund for the business? Or are you kind of helping people plan for how much money they should have set aside? Because like, even for me last year, I started pulling a lot of money out of the business and investing it because I just wanted, I was like, I'm a personal finance blogger. I want to invest as much money as possible. Mm -hmm. But then there were a couple of times throughout the year where I kind of got uncomfortable with how much money I actually had in the bank account. And I started, I was like, I had a couple of like panic moments. And it's then it was like this year, I've totally changed it to where I, I really have put way more money into the business emergency fund just so I never have to, to worry about that. So what do you suggest for the amount that people use for that kind of account? And where do you suggest that they put it? Okay. A uh, couple of points there, right? So I like for you to have a reserve account because sometimes what happens in our business is that we have to spend before we get to make the revenue. So like for a lot of launches, right, they cost you money before you actually open the doors to the program. Like we'll do a mm -hmm. runway that's two to three months ahead of when we're actually opening it up. So I like to build up some reserve 
to be able to cover the launch expenses, for instance, that I'm going to spend or to be able to spend. I absolutely believe in investing in coaching. uh, And so I want to have some money set aside when I'm going to have a coaching payment due, for instance. So the amount is a little bit more subjective. A lot of it will depend on on kind of working backwards. Like how do we make sure that you just have a little something to start that's going to profit? And then how do you start to build that up, right? How do you make sure that you're paying yourself an owner's compensation that you need? And then it's looking at, okay, well, with the, and how do we make sure we have our taxes set aside? So we want to make sure we have all those big numbers hit. And then what what you're getting to the point is, okay, now I have more profit, which is a a good problem to have, right? It's a luxury problem. We want a high class problem. We want you to get to this point. And what I encourage you to do is to, is to look at the year, right? And that's why I said doing a year plan and expenses is so helpful because it will start to show you where your spending may need to be ahead of the revenue generation, so right. that you're thinking about, okay, I want to make sure that I'm, I'm going to make this up. Let's say you're going in and you're going to do an October launch and you know that it's going to cost you $15,000. I want you in your reserve account to have at least that 15 before you right. go into it. It actually takes a lot of the desperation off of the event as well. So in yeah. this case, it takes it off of the launch because you're not like, oh my God, I have to make this to pay the bills for the people right. I've already hired. You know, and so, so um, I encourage you to really look at specifically for you, what are the things that are going to be upcoming? And that's why inside the cash flow CEO program, I'm, I really stress this idea of like, how do you own your value? How do you create your vision? And then how do you map out your revenue and plan for your expenses and your team so that we can make all of this work? Like that's key to what I teach in this scalability plan. And I do, for those of you who are listening to this live, I do have a, an amazing live event that's going to be coming up soon um, that you'll also get access to when you get into the dashboard um, that I, I, want, I want you to be aware of that. Like I want you to have the full vision of what you're creating ahead of time so that you're not just like about to open cart and you're like, oh my gosh, I have to pay this money. Like, where is this going to come from? Right? right. The amount differs. I will say that as I have grown, you know, we're 12 years in that I feel more comfortable with more in my reserve account because I know my expenses are higher. Right. So that's the other reason why it's harder to give you a number. It's kind of like on the personal finance side, right? If you kind of pull out some of that logic, you know, the higher that your monthly spend is, the higher you're going to want your cushion account to be. Right. So it's having some of that so that you're always a few months ahead. And I also like to set aside some specific money for particular activities I know that are going to require extra cash. So there's, that's the long answer, I think, or the full answer to the first piece. The second piece is absolutely a separate bank account, right? So it's not just sitting in your main operating expense account. Uh, I like it in a whole separate account. If you don't trust yourself with having the money in the in the same bank, you might even want to go to like an online account yeah. where you have to actively transfer it from one to the other, and then you have to actively transfer it back. You know, right. so, so that it's not it's not like this. Oh, I need to pull money. It's like okay, I'm bringing it back because I know I'm starting to spend my launch expense money, and I need to right. bring in five thousand dollars for it. I love doing that. (laughs) I love doing that for the reason that you said, but also because you can get higher interest 
accounts. And so like, I love using a high yield account that's going to have a higher percentage growth that I can store that money in, you know? So So you might as well, right? You might as well get yourself the 2% or even the 3% on some of those online accounts Mm -hmm. versus like the 0.1% that you're going to get in just your regular checking account, right? Exactly. It it also forces you to to say, I'm intentionally saving this money, right? Like it's, it's not just like right there that you can pull from. And as you're developing your reserve account, you're going to start to keep, and you're having more profit and you're not needing to pull from it, then you will be able to earn more interest. For some people, it depends on what stage of business they're at, right? They may not have the money sitting in there long enough to generate all that much interest, Um, but that is the goal. That is what we're working towards so that you do have it sitting there for, for the bigger things that you want your business to do. Because I think that, you know, one of the key parts here is that we want you to learn how to use money as a tool for growth and to be able to really understand your spending in your business as investments in your business. But a lot of times you can't do it when it just feels so scarce. And so if you take on this different outlook, then you can actually start to make better choices of where you're going to spend your money and you can make sure that you are getting the return on investment. That is coming from a painful learning curve that I am saying that to you and from the heart uh, because I absolutely want to see you do the best things with your money and really grow the business in the way that you want to grow and achieve the freedom that you started this for in the first place. All right. So we've gone pretty in depth into this and obviously guys, you can go, uh, Belinda already mentioned this, but you can go to ownyourmoney.com slash laptop, and you can download a copy of this dashboard. And I was looking at it the whole time. It's very cool. Um, I love spreadsheets, even though I have no idea how to use them. So um, <laughs> definitely check it out. And I want to I wanna give you a second to talk, Belinda, because you've got other th- goodies. We got treats, right? My kid's always like, I want the treats, you know, I want the toys, you know, whatever. So I, all of you that are listening, we've got the treats for you. So I want you to talk about a couple of the resources that you have available to them. You guys can get these in the show notes. Yes, you will have to go to laptopempires.com and you'll have to look at the page and, oh, you know, extra steps. But if you do it, it'll be worth it. She's got some stuff for you. And then also you have some some live events and things that you're doing that people are going to be able to be part of. And, and I know I want to be, you know, I want to get in on this stuff. So uh, can you just lay it all out for us and then we'll make sure it's all in the show notes. Awesome. Sure. Absolutely. So thank you all for listening so far, for sure. Um, I I feel like we've given you some really um, tactical things to go and do and to to be like, wait, I really can do this. You know, part of it is know that we believe in you. Like we know that you can do this, even if it's not your love language, even if it does not come natural to you. Um, What I will tell you is it will absolutely transform how you are able to operate as a CEO. And I think of this like I teach this thing called the scalability secret. And you'll also have access to that once you um, jump into the dashboard too. And um, we have something we call the boardroom, which is like where we share some of our uh, resources and stuff too, because we want you to be a CEO, right? And play with other board um, members. But that um, when you think about, and and then this is an ebook that you're going to get. That was the goodie that he was talking about. I too have young uh, children, a four-year-old and a six-year-old. They're all about the snacks and the goodie. So I can appreciate it. So you'll get the dashboard for sure. And then uh, in your email, you also get the scalability secret. And what that is about is it's about how do you... How do you 
understand what it really takes to make the shift. And I think about it as like two basic steps and they are like two sides of the same coin. And if you think about a coin, right, you may see only one at any given time, but they're both there. <laughs> and so one of them is owning and charging your value. And the other one is knowing and planning your numbers. And you absolutely need to have the emotional worthiness and stepping into your value because like, it's going to take you a lot longer, for instance, if you keep undervaluing yourself. Let's say you're doing Facebook ads and you're doing them for somebody for $100 a month when really you should be charging $1,000 a month, right? It's going to take you a lot longer to ever achieve your dreams and your goals when you're undercharging so significantly, right? So owning and charging your value is super important. And then the second piece is the knowing and planning your numbers so that you can create the business that you really want. So they go hand in hand and I walk you through very step-by-step how to step into that as a part of this. So that is another little goodie that you're going to get. Like Mike mentioned, all of the, um, the dashboard and then the other goodies will come from ownermoney.com forward slash laptop. And um, if you're listening to this here in September 2019, you will also be able to join us live for what I call creating your scalability plan. So for the week of September 30th, I'm going to be doing um, – basically live training and then Q&A to walk you through how, like what are the three ways you can double your profit? How do you plan for profit? How do you understand my full six-step scalability system to step up and become the cash flow CEO? So I'll make sure that you get access at the same link. We're just going to keep it super simple um, for everybody Sweet. so that in case they don't go to the page, they can remember ownyourmoney.com forward slash laptop. We'll keep it simple. And then um, the other thing is that I'll also give you guys the link to jump on the waitlist for the Cashflow CEO program. So whenever you're listening to it, if you know that you want to become more proficient at managing the money in your business. You know that that could be your secret weapon, but it's just confusing, overwhelming. It feels like I don't even know where to start. I'll also make sure that I give you the link for that too. And so, this, um, yeah. this is so important. Like I, I really encourage y'all at a minimum to go, you know, see these live trainings or are, are you doing Facebook live? Is that what you're doing? Uh, some of them will be Facebook Live. Some of them will okay. be um, inside um, once they opt like in and they'll get access to it. Right. So so at least the Facebook Lives, there will be recordings, right? You can go. There's recordings of the whole thing. There's a replay yeah. page. There's workbooks. This is, this is amazing. <laughs> so you've got all these resources, like go take advantage of them. And, you know, and I, I, I think this is important because I know when I get stressed out, right? And I'm, I've got a very up and down personality. I'm high or I'm low. There's no in between. And when I'm starting to get stressed out, the first thing I do is I just try and go, okay, what would make me feel better? Right. And I remember a recent time when I did this, um, I wrote down and it was like, man, I wish I had, it. I had it right, right here on my desk the other day. It was like, what things, and actually I think I do, but anyway, I'm not going to dig around for it, but it was like, what things will make me feel better? Or what things make me feel good? And the big one at the top was like finances, having a handle on my numbers, knowing how much is coming in, how much is going out, where I'm at, right? And as a business owner, there's layers to this. There's how much revenue, what are your expenses, how much is left, right? That owner's compensation and profit. And then there's in my personal side, right? How much money is my wife bringing in? You know, how much the, that amount that carries over and then what are our expenses there? And that's really the big one for me is like, can I cover the business expenses and then cover our living expenses and then progress, right? 
Absolutely. And, and I believe you can reverse engineer all of it. 100%, 100%. And so I know for me, it's peace of mind knowing these things. Mm-hmm. And when I don't do that 10 minutes a month, because that's really all it is. It's sitting down. It's one session. When I don't do that, I spiral. And when I do that, everything's good. I'm happy. Right. And I, and I recognize that. And I think if you're listening to this, you might not know that yet, but I can almost guarantee Bobby. I mean, are you the same way? I'm assuming you are. Yeah. I, I mean, not as it's interesting because I've, because I do keep a lot more cash reserves than I used to, but I used to get that way a lot where I'd be like, Holy crap. I don't, I don't, am I going to make it? And I was always going to make it. It's, but right. like in the first three years of the business, there are plenty of times where I just, because I didn't really dig into the numbers, I didn't know. And that fear of like, am I going to, am I going to fail? Uh, right. That's what would get to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's just so easy to downward spiral, like exactly yeah, what you're exactly. talking about. And we don't realize how that stress weighs on us, like physically, mentally. I actually, I wrote a book called Self-Worth to Net Worth with a psychotherapist. Like I really dug into oh, wow. all of this psychology behind money for us. Because what happens is that as soon as we start to see evidence for what are these old limiting beliefs, then we we like to be right. (laughs) And so then we're like, oh my gosh, it's real. This isn't going to work. It's going to fail. And then it it stops all the forward momentum that we could be doing because we get to this negative place. And a lot of people think ignorance is bliss. It's not. It's really stressful. It's really expensive. (laughs) It's not bliss. It's far from bliss. So, um, and I I totally, I feel the same way as you um, both really, that I know that even me personally, I have to you know, eat my own dog food or whatever the term is, you know, drink my own Kool-Aid that um, I do all these spreadsheets myself. Like all the ones that I give out inside the program are all ones that I created because we use them in our own business. And when I'm feeling a little anxious, like I just, I go and I look at the numbers and I'm like, okay, so this is the facts. Like part of what I absolutely want to be able to teach you, and you are going to get a glimpse of this in the live trainings happening next week, is that I want you to be able to start to look at it very black and white. But what happens much of the time is that we have so much emotion layered onto what's right. happening in our business. And that's if, if, like Warren Buffett says, you know, financial accounting is the language of business, right? And so if you can understand how do I just understand, how do I better understand what's actually happening? So it just becomes black and white. It becomes like, this is what's been happening. And what do I want to make happen in the future? I don't have to be scared of it. I can actually be really excited about the possibility that I can be creating. Yeah. So guys, take advantage of these free resources. I mean, I really, that we just kind of went into that and all talked about it, but I was just saying it because you, you can go and you can invest in the course and that'd be great, but you can also just go invest. You can invest your time in these free resources and they're available. And, and I think it's incredible the amount of stuff that you're putting out there and that y'all are going to be able to get just from going to ownyourmoney.com slash laptop. So take advantage of it, please. I know it's hard on a podcast. You're listening to this on your commute, but like do what I always do, which is take a screenshot of the podcast, like at this moment. So you know, to go back and listen to it and then go to ownyourmoney.com slash laptops. You can get these resources. You got to take that extra step when you get home, but I think it's going to be super, super valuable. Any last words? I, I, this has been great is, but you got anything, any closing statements before we wrap this sucker? I'd love for you to, for us to stay in touch. So follow me on Instagram at, at own your money, uh, Facebook, own your money. I am own your money everywhere. That is clearly my mantra that I want you to take on <laughs> as you can own your money too. And, um, and take to heart what we said, like you absolutely can do this. You can make that leap from 
the freelancer or the solopreneur to become the CEO, it just, it starts with commitment and it starts with an understanding that maybe I don't know how to do it, but I don't know how to do it yet. And I can absolutely learn it. And knowledge is power when you put it into action. Boom. Bobby, anything? No, just thank you so much for coming on. And uh, this, I don't know, this is right up my alley. I love this stuff. So I'm so glad you're, you're helping people with this. And I think it's going to make a huge difference for a lot of people. Thank you so much for having me on. All right, that's it. Please do me a favor, subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss epic episodes like this. We'll see you next week. You've been listening to the Laptop Empires podcast with Mike Yonda and Bobby Hoyt. For more information and the resources mentioned in this episode, go to laptopempires.com forward slash podcast. 